0: When Americans went to bed on October 3, 1957, little did they realize that the night sky was about to change forever. The only forewarning was a small article in the New York Times, Soviet expert Tells West of Test of Rocket. Found at the bottom left corner of the first page on the morning of October 4, the piece would have garnered only passing interest had it not been for the events of the day. At Tiratom in Kazakhstan, just minutes before midnight on October 4, a Soviet rocket blasted off. At its top sat the Soviet Union's contribution to the satellite program of the International Geophysical Year, IGY. Weighing only 84 kilograms, the polished metal sphere of Sputnik, meaning traveler, was an oversized radio beacon. Its sole purpose was to orbit the Earth and make electronic noise. And what a noise it made. It permanently altered the tranquil night sky. The Earth and the Moon were no longer alone. A man-made signal pierced the eerie silence of space. Americans did not immediately grasp what had happened. Traveling at over 17,000 miles an hour, the satellite, complete with its booster and protective shroud following in its wake, flew over the United States twice before the U.S. government became aware of it. Radio Moscow first broke the news to the world, playing up the achievement for its propaganda value. In the United States, the shock and disbelief were evident. Believing strongly that the nation had to act, and that the Americans' IGY counterpart to Sputnik, Vanguard, would not provide results in the near future, Werner von Braun, long a vigorous advocate of satellite research and director of the Development Operations Division of the Army Ballistic Missile Agency, ABMA, felt that all he needed was the opportunity to launch a satellite. He saw the Soviet success as a challenge that the United States had to meet immediately. Most of the rest of the country reacted with shock and fear. The event shook Senate Majority Leader Lyndon B. Johnson, Democrat Texas, who quickly realized its political implications. Following dinner on the evening of the 4th, he led guests at his Texas ranch outside to stare at the dark sky, which was no longer reassuring, but now created a sense of dread. The consequences for US national security were very clear. If the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics (USSR) could put a satellite in orbit, the same rocket booster could theoretically deliver a nuclear warhead to an American city. That prospect held enormous potential as a means of challenging Dwight D. Eisenhower's Republican administration, 1953 to 61. Media reaction was swift. Newspapers featured numerous articles that fueled further apprehension. While families gathered around their radios and televisions to listen to the insistent beeping of the news satellite, the print media sought to explain the event and its implications, while at the same time feeding public anxieties. If the Soviet satellite was heavier than the one the United States would launch, obviously the USSR was further ahead in space technology. By October 6, the press had linked recent cutbacks in U.S. defense expenditures to the USSR's victory in the first leg of what people would soon call the space race. And the Eisenhower administration, with its goals of balancing budgets and restraining defense estimates, became the scapegoat. On October 8, Democratic senators entered the fray, demanding investigations and action. They accused the administration of complacency and of withholding funds from the satellite effort. The Soviet Sputnik Advantage evaporated in August 1960, when the United States launched Discoverer 14, officially a scientific satellite. Discoverer was in fact the cover name for Corona, the world's first functioning spy satellite. In less than three years from its beginning in early 1958, the United States had leaped well ahead of its chief rival in the military use of space for aerial reconnaissance. This gave it a significant edge, one that had maintained and expanded throughout the Cold War. This book seeks to explain how and why the United States surpassed Sputnik in only 34 months. It is remarkable that the United States was able to overcome all the technical challenges to orbit a reconnaissance satellite in such a short time. How was such a complex program able to succeed so rapidly? The answer rests with the work done on space programs from 1945 through 1958. The main focus is on the pre-corona program known as WS-117L developed during the early years of the Eisenhower administration, starting in 1953 and ending in 1960-61. to 61. Most recent scholarship has concentrated on the triumphant Corona satellites. While mentioning WS-117-L, scholars usually do so in a cursory way. But without knowing fully about WS-117-L, we cannot grasp the story of Corona. And to truly understand Corona's success, it is essential to examine the satellite program as a whole. It is also necessary to situate it within the wider context of Eisenhower's presidency, especially his handling of national security policy.